This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you so much, Rav Krasnow Shlita. I'm very grateful that you told over that story, the miracle that happened about the plane that didn't explode, and because of that, there are dozens of people in the audience today to come to hear the shir on tefillah. Because of that tefillah, I have people today who came to listen to my share. so I'm very grateful for that. <clears throat> By way of introduction, having this chus to share a few thoughts about tefillah here at the Aguda Convention, I feel compelled to share with you a personal thought. I take you back 77 years. When my grandfather, Harav Mordechai Leib Gladstein, Zechitzak Levracha, was liberated from Dachau, together with a couple of his best friends, Itchemayer Zemba, Avrum Zemba, these were nephews of Hagoin Rav Menachem Zemba. My Zayda was a Ben Bayis by Rav Menachem Zemba before the war. Together with Rav Yosef Galanter, Aviezer Berstein, these Heilige survivors who traversed the crucible of the Holocaust, before they rebuilt their personal lives, before they rebuilt their own families, they understood that before rebuilding anything, Klal Yisrael needs a foundation. And therefore, the first thing they did after the war is they rebuilt Agudas Yisrael. I have a picture here from 1945 of five holy survivors holding up the banner, Si'ire Agudas Yisrael, because they recognize before any binyan, you need a Yisoid. And the bosses, L'chaldavar Shebekdusha, is Agudas Yisrael. And I am sure that 75 years ago, these Yidin, the furthest thing from their mind was that in 75 years in a hotel in New Jersey, hundreds of Yidin will gather together in a hotel to speak about tefillah, to speak how they could come closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, perhaps thousands listening virtually. That was the furthest thing from their mind. They would have said, that's a cholam. But Baruch Hashem, here we are today, Hayinu kecholmim, it's a dream come true. And for my grandfather, who is Nifter just this last Pesach at 106 years old, he was writing for the Aguda paper not in 1950 when they started Dossier de Shavart with Yasla Friedensen. He was writing for the Aguda paper in 1946, which before Dossier de Shavart, it was Dos Freyavart. And together with Yasel Friedensen, they wrote in the DP camps, Chizuk, for the survivors, and I happen to have with me the articles that they wrote in the late 40s. So I hope that this year should be an Eloi for his Halegen So when glancing at the names of uh, some of the sessions, I don't know if the symposia on tefillah was the most exciting subject uh, of the 945 Agudas Yisrael session. I know there were sessions on kids at risk, smartphones, and tefillah perhaps was not the most uh, glamorous subject. But can there be a more important subject than tefillah? Regrettably, most honest B'nai Aliyah would admit that our tefillah leaves what to be desired. I think even Erlich Yidin, I'm talking about Yidin who come on time, who leave their distractions out of the Beis HaKnesses, I think they would all agree that our tefillah could use a boost. 
and to me personally, a very fundamental cause, and this is something we really need to identify, is that it's extremely hard, and let me rephrase that, it is impossible to get anything meaningful out of something that you don't know anything about. And this could not be more true than when it comes to tefillah. You know, we say psukim of hoidu. Okay, so in hoidu, it seems like they're a random collection of a few psukim about heshtachaveh, from this place in Tanakh, from that place in Tanakh, followed by random psukim about rachamim, followed by random sukkim about oiz, followed by random sukkim about nekama. Why are we saying sukkim about heshtachave? Why are you saying sukkim about rachamim? Why are we following with sukkim about oiz and nekama? I don't know. It's in the Siddur. So I just say it. How could anyone expect tefillah to have any meaning whatsoever if one has not learnt the subject of tefillah, like any miktsoya of Tyra. Now the Shulchan Aruch says that mizmor l'soida, mizmor l'soida you have to say bezimra because kol hashiroyz osid libatel, except for mizmor l'soida. Well, what's so special about mizmor l'soida? Why is it different than yihichavayid? How is it different than vayivarach david? I don't know, it's in the book. So I flip through the book and I go through it in 15 minutes. But what's mizmor l'soida? So it has to be studied like any subject in Torah. Rabbi Avram Falaji brings from Megala Amukais. There are 43 words in Mizmar Lasoida. Mizmar Lasoida is the Hakdama Tetzvila. Every stanza of Mizmar Lasoida is an intro to another Chelek HaTzvila. Tzvila starts with Torah, Berchas HaTorah. Hariu Lashem Kal Haaretz Rashi Tevois Halacha. That's the first part of Tzvila. The next part of Tzvila is Karbanois. Ivdu es Hashem besimcha, avoida. Next is Psuke de Zimra, boyu lefanov bernana. Next is Kriyashima, da, deu ki Hashem hu alaykim, vichahina vichahina. Mizmar lasoida is the headline of tefillah. But if we don't learn what Mizmar lasoida is, how can we expect it to have any meaning to us? Why are there five halalukas? What's the yisoid of each halaluka? How does the first halaluka? flow into the second? How does the second one build on the first? What are the five principles expressed by... I don't know. I just say it to make sure I'm up to Yishtabach when the Chazan starts. So if we've never studied it, and we've never analyzed it, and we never treated it like any other Mikzoya and Torah, how can we really expect it to be meaningful to us? So the first point is, and I think this is the most important point, that tefillah is no less important than any other miktsoya and kalatayrakula. And the same way we couldn't possibly expect to be bekiyam and hilcha Shabbos. If somebody didn't learn Shabbos b'iyon, if somebody never studied the precise significance of each chilek tefillah, how it hooks into the next, how it follows and builds off the previous, how can tefillah really be meaningful to us? I'd like to share with you in just uh, the brief amount of time I have, two fundamental approaches to davening. And I think just being aware of these two concepts will elevate our tefillah forever. Here's the first thing. You know, sometimes you have to just go back to the basics. You have to reduce everything to its most simple formula. Okay, we daven shachris. It took 45 to 50 minutes. 
You know, we turned a hundred pages. We walked away from Shachris. What did we just do? What did we just accomplish? What were we supposed to accomplish? What was the goal of our tefillah? Or even if somebody has less time, a woman only has five minutes to daven before she gets the kids up, out to yeshiva, out to work. What is a person supposed to expect to accomplish in their tefillah? So I just want to share with you, I like uh, the visual. We have a handout over here. Immortal words, three lines of Chavis Hababais. And we're going to see something incredible that there are five main objectives of tefillah. None of them are to ask Hashem to get what you need. That is not an objective of tefillah. We think we're going to shul because I need merubim tzorachai. I have a lot of needs. I need shiduchim. I need parnasa. I need health. And I'm here in shul to get what I need. That is not an objective of tefillah. It's a good thing. Something we want. But that's not the function. That's not the objective of tefillah. Here they are. Says the Chavis Havavos in Shachesh ben Hanefesh. Veroi l'cha achi sheteda. My dear brother, it is worthy that you know. Ki kavanosenu betfila eina ki im. These are the only objectives of tefila. Number one, ki im kelois hanefesh el holekim. It's the yearning of the neshama for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Number two, kiniyasa lefanav, the humility of the neshama before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Number three, Imraimim Musa Labaira, elevating the Creator. Number four, Shivcha Vahayda Asa Lashmai, thanking Hashem. And number five, don't misinterpret this, Hashlochas Kol Yehoveha Olav, throwing your peckle on Hashem. Not asking Hashem something so that the Rebbe Hashem should give you what you need, that's not an objective of tefillah. Certainly something we want, but that's not the purpose of tefillah, and that's not what we should think we're trying to accomplish with tefillah. The objective, the fifth objective of tefillah is a person has many needs, a person has many desires. The act of bitachon, of throwing your entire pekel on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that act of bitachon is the fifth objective of tefillah. And I think it's worthwhile if a person could prepare themselves. Okay, I'm about to daven shachris. It's going to take me 50 minutes. Let me at least know that in the next 50 minutes, I'm going to accomplish the five main avenues of avodah Hashem in this world. That means we have to try to identify where in davening are we going to accomplish these five tafkidim. So maybe, in other words, we walked out of shul. At any point in time, did I fulfill that my neshama was yearning for HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Did that happen this morning? So let's identify, okay? Tomorrow morning, when I say the Pasuk, Nafshenu chiksa l'Hashem ezreinu maginenuhu, my soul yearns for Hashem. He's my help. He's my shield. At that juncture, let me try to be mekayim, that this will be an expression of my yearning for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I said all the pages, I said Berchus HaShachar, I said Pesukei De Zimra, I said Shema. At any point in time, did I muster the Hargasha that I humble myself in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Maybe 
Next time we say the Pasuk, Hashem Sefasai Tiftach, we should think, Ribbanisham, I can't even open up my mouth. I can't even articulate words without your assistance. That will be my juncture where I'm a Kayim Kniyasai Lefana. I said the whole davening, but at any point in time did I feel that I was Meroimim HaKadosh Baruch Pick a spot, pick a juncture, pick a place. Maybe when you say, one should think, okay, at this juncture in time, I'm the great ideal, the great objective of being pick one spot. So at least when the tefillah is over, you could walk away and you say, okay, I said all the pages, but what I took out of it was I'm the the main objectives of Avodah Hashem. You know, gratitude is easy. The entire davening is full of haidat HaKadosh Baruch But at least one spot we should choose, we should mark off. Okay, here I'm going to be Makayim, the Inyan of haidat HaKadosh Baruch And Hashlech Yehavcha Alav. And this is so important. Yes, we would like to think we're going to Shul to ask Hashem for what we need because we're hoping to get it. That's a personal desire. That's not an objective of tefillah. That's not the purpose of the Amr of tefillah. The purpose of being mavakesh is the exercise of bitachain, of taking everything we need and throwing it on Hashem. Will we get it? Avada, kaya But that's not the objective of the tefillah. The objective is the act of throwing it on HaKadosh Baruch I think if a person would be able to walk out of a davening and say, you know, yes, I said all the words, faster, slower, but more than that, more fundamental than that, I was makayim the objectives of tefillah. I have five things in my back pocket, five things I produced in my tefillah. Then a person would get a certain sipa kanefesh, a person would have a certain satisfaction, like someone who learns the daf. You learn the daf, you come out, some days I get it, some days I didn't get it, but at least when I'm finished, I have the daf, I did the daf. When you walk out of the shacharis, a person should be able to say, I said 20,000 words, but at least I know I was mekayim, the five main avenues and ideals of Avodah Hashem. I was moideta HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I was meroimim HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I submitted my neshama. I humbled myself before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I threw my peckle on HaKadosh Baruch Hu then it would give a person a certain satisfaction that somebody would look forward to the next tefillah. Okay, when am I going to get those five things again? When am I going to put those five items in my pocket one more time? The next idea to me is personally the most meaningful approach to tefillah that has enhanced my personal davening. So imagine if a person was able to walk and travel, traverse through the holiest spot on earth. Imagine if a person was able to go to the Beis HaMikdash. So a person would get up in the morning, perhaps before dawn, and you'd be sitting there in the Ezras Nashim, and even before the crack of dawn, Yidin would gather in the Ezras Nashim to say Tehillim, to say Tchinois, to prepare themselves, Chasidim HaRishayinim, Shayin Asma. And then when the signal was given, the doors would open and people would slowly walk up the 15 stairs, up the Ezras Nashim, headed to the great Shar Niknar. And then you would go into the 11 Amois of the Ezra Yisrael, 
which is Machana and the Akum were not allowed entrance into that area. And then once you're in the Yudalif Amos of the Ezra Sisrael, you would pass the Duchan. And then from the Duchan, you would, you would see the great Mizbeach. And then you would elevate yourself to an even higher Madrega of the area being Ha'ulam La Mizbeach. And then you would get, you would walk up the 12 stairs plus the platform, 13 stairs, until you got to the Pesach Ha'ulam. And you walked in the Ulam. And you looked up at the ceiling of the Ulam and you would see chains coming down from the Ulam. And on those chains, the Pirchei Kahuna would climb up the chains. And on the ceiling of the Ulam was the Keser of Mashiach, of Zerubavel and Mashiach. And then you would go through the Pesach HaHechav. And on your right side in the north, the Shulchan was in the north. Haroitzeh Lehashir Yatzbin. And on your left side in the south, Haroitzeh Lehachkim Yadrim. Why did you just go to Miami? Haroitzeh Lehachkim Yadrim. And then front and center, you have Nozbeach HaKetayras. And you go a little further, you have the Paroiches. And finally, you're standing in the holiest spot on earth, the Kodesh HaKadoshim. If only we could make this journey. If only we could walk into the base HaMikdash, we would be elevated, we would be changed people forever. Says Rav Shimon Schwab, in his amazing Sefer, Ion Tfilah, and this is really based on the Siddur of Rabbi Yaakov Emden, every single day, three times a day, when we daven Shachras, when we daven Mincha, when we daven Marev, we are entering the Beis HaMikdash through the Ezras Nashim, to the Ezras Yisrael, to the Mizbeach, to the, he- the Ulam, the Heichal, and the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And let me just share with you how this idea developed for me. You know, you wake up in the morning, and you wash Negevaser. And after you wash Negevaser, you get dressed, you get ready for davening, and you wash your hands again. And not only that, you make a bracha, Natal Siddayim. Why in the world do you make a bracha, Natal Siddayim? You're about to eat bread? Why do you say Natal Siddayim? I washed in the morning already. Now I have to wash for tefillah with a bracha? It's the kasha of the rajba. Why do you make a bracha, Natal Siddayim? Says the rajba. Because every single morning we become Kiberia Chadasha. Shenemar Chadoshim Labikarim Rabo Emunasach. And every morning we have to inaugurate our Avoidas Hashem and thank Hashem Shabranu Lechvoida. And therefore we wash our hands in the morning with the Bracha Kikoyhein Shemekadesh Yadav Bekiyar. It's very interesting. So you're telling me, I'm a Yisrael. Want to hear something interesting? My father was also Yisrael. My son, sitting in the front row, he's also Yisrael. I'm not a Koyen. I don't have to, why do I have to wash in the Kiar? Why am I washing from the Kiar in the morning? And even if I was a Koyen, there's no base Hamikdash today. What's the Kiar have to do with anything? And then I encountered a Sif in Shulchan Aruch. I consider this the most misinterpreted Sif in the whole Shulchan Aruch. Shochanach says, Simon Sadi Dalit, Bekumay lehispalel, Imhoya oime bechutzla aretz, Yachsir panov keneged Eretz Yisrael. That we all know when you get up to Davin. You face yourself to Eretz Yisrael. Everyone has their way of figuring out where is the Mizrach. Everyone, we face Eretz Yisrael. But the Shochanach continues. Shochanach says, Viechavin gamli rushalayim, Ula mikdash, Ula beis kotshe hakadoshim. So I think most people, 
think this means. Okay, now I'm facing Eretz Yisrael. Now let me, get, let me calibrate exactly. Oh, Yerushalayim is there? Okay, now I'm going to turn this way. Yeah, but I'm not facing the base Hamikdash. Okay, I'm going to make a millimeter turn that way, but I'm still not facing the Kaidash HaKadosh, and now I'm going to face the Kaidash HaKadosh. That's how the Shulchan Aruch is normally read. You think that's what it means? That after I'm facing Eretz Yisrael, I need to more specifically face Yerushalayim and even more specifically face the Kaisak Dashem. That's not what it means. It says the Mishnah Brura, You should have it in mind. You face Eretz Yisrael, but you don't face Yerushalayim. You have in mind, what does that mean? What am I supposed to have in mind? Mishnah Brura says again, Imagine, as if you're standing in the base Hamikdash, Asher Birushalayim, Bimakoim Kaidash Akadash. You hear it's a halach and shulchanarach. That when you Davin Shman Esrei, you don't face Yerushalayim. You imagine yourself standing in Yerushalayim. And not just Yerushalayim, you imagine yourself standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. It's not a Chumrah. It's not a Hidr. It's a Sif and Shulchan Aruch. That the proper Kavanah for Shemana Esrei is you imagine yourself standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. I'm not a Koyim. I'm not a Koyim Gadol. Even if I was a Koyim Gadol, it's not Yom Kippur. But three times a day, you need to imagine yourself standing. So wait a second. I wake up in the morning, I wash my hands from the kiar. The kiar is all the way out in, by the Mizbeach, and then by Shemona Esrei, I jump into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. I mean, that's a big jump. Says Rabbi Schwab, and this is based on the, the main principle, the Siddur Rabbi Yaakov Emden, that tefillah is a journey that starts in the Ezra Snashim. And each part of tefillah corresponds to a different specific location of the Beis HaMikdash, and it's a progression from the Ezras Noshim to the Ezras Koyhanim to the Heichal to the Ulam to the Heichal to the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And each part of davening corresponds to a different location of the Beis HaMikdash. So here you have your handout. Courtesy of Art Scroll. I have uh, explicit permission. This is printed from uh, Art Scroll Masechta Midais. They actually sent this to me. And I just printed on, uh, on top of each location which part of tefillah corresponds to which part of the Beis HaMikdash. So let's take a brief look. We start out in the Ezra Snoshim. The Ezra Snoshim is the introduction to tefillah. What part of davening corresponds to Ezra Snoshim? Asher Yatsar, Netilas Yadayim, Eloikai Neshama. That is what is known as the Ezra Snoshim. How amazing it is, how striking it is. That as you make your way from the Ezra's Nashim to the Ezra's Yisrael, you walk up how many steps? Fifteen steps. Keneged, the fifteen Berchas HaShachar. The fifteen Berchas HaShachar is the Aliyah that takes you up from the Ezra's Nashim until you get to the Shar Niknar. So here's the deal with the Shar Niknar. You know, the Shar Niknar, once you enter the Shar Niknar, it's known as we're not allowed entry. So imagine you're walking into the Beis HaMikdash and you came in with your good friends, you came in with some of your pals, and they're allowed, Goyim are allowed into the Ezra's Nashim, and as you're about to enter the Shar Niknar, 
all of a sudden the sign says, Yisraelim only. So the Goyim said, where are you going? So I'm going into the Machina Shechina. You're going into the Machina Shechina? Yeah, this part of the davening corresponds. Haloi kol hagiboyrim ka'ayin lefanecha ve'anshei Hashem k'loi hoyu. We're bidding farewell to all the famous oivdei koicham azolos who have to stay outside. Say, what? Prejudice, bias, we have to stand outside. It's mamish sakonas nefasha. So what do we do? We quickly say, mekadei shimcha barabim shema Yisrael Hashem aleikeinu Hashem achat. It's a very dangerous entrance. And then you enter the Yud Aleph Amois of the Ezras Yisrael. And that's Mamish. It's like an Aguda convention over there. It's Kibbutz Goliois. So we say the Tanad Yahu, where we talk about Hashem is Makabetz Yisrael. That's the Yud Aleph Amois of the Ezras Yisrael. Now we, we're ready for the Duchen. The Duchen has three steps. Reb Schwab suggests that it corresponds to the three Birchas HaToyra according to the Shita, Ashar Bachar, Laasoik, Vaharavna. And now you encounter the biggest item in the Mikdash, the Mizbeach. We say the Parshas Hatomid. And you look ahead and you see the great palace, the Ulam. But you've got to get up the Ulam. How many stairs are up to the Ulam? Twelve stairs plus the platform. Thirteen steps. Rabbi Shmuel Oimer, and now you're up to the Ulam. You enter the Ulam, the Pesach Ulam, Baruch Sha'amar Vahoya Ha'olam Baruch. That's the Pesach. And this is the main part. You're now in the Ulam and you look up from the seal, to the ceiling and you see chains. The chains are Psuke de Zimra. The Yesoid of Psuke de Zimra is how one parak links to the next. Understanding. What is the connection between Baruch Sha'amar? And Mizmar Lasoida or Hoidu, what's the connection between Mizmar Lasoida and Yehi Chavoid? What's the connection between Ashrei and the first Halalukah? What are the five Halalukahs? How does each one link to the other? I don't know. So, as we mentioned, in order to appreciate Tfilah, it must be studied Be'ion like any Mikzaya entire. And I ask you one humble question Would anyone in their right mind enter the Mikdash? As they're about to see the Menorah and the Shulchan, would they come in? Would anyone come in with Kalim of distraction in the Beis HaMikdash? Even on vibrate, even off, would anyone bring a Kli into a Beis HaMikdash? Nobody would do it in their right mind. And of course... We appreciate, if we understand, tefillah is actually entering the mikdash. You're washing your hands in Yadayim from the kiar. You're passing the mezbeach. You're passing the makoim of hashras, hashchina. And we now enter the pesach hahechal. That's yishtabach. And the shulchan's on the right and the menorah's on the left. And that is because the Ramam tells us there are two ways to appreciate HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. You could recognize Hashem through the physical world, through the Bria, through creation, through the human body, through the ecosystems, through science. That's the Shulchan, the physical world. That's on the right side. An even greater way to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu is through Tarasenu HaKadosha. That's the Menorah. 
The menorah, the Natsiv says, was a vehicle with which Hashbas HaToyro came down to the world. It says the Medrash, when somebody would say a good svara, Rav Tarfain would compliment, Kaftar Vaferach. says the Natsiv, Shuta de Rabbeisenu, Nitna, Lilmoid. Why would Rav Tarfain say Kaftar Vaferach? Because Rav Tarfain understood through the de- decor and decoration of the menorah came Hashbas HaToyro. So the menorah on the left side, Ahava Rabba, Ahava Soilam. And now we're head on. Next, misunderstood halacha. Shulchan Aruch says, when you say Kriya Shema, you should say Shema Be'ema, Be'ira, Be'reses, Uvazeah. You should be trembling, shaking when we say Shema. I was given permission to go overtime. No, just joking. Why should you say Shema? What are we getting so worked up when we say Shema? Shema is such a beautiful thing. We're closing our eyes. Why, why are we saying it? Says the Mishabrua, quoting another Chuvas Harajbo, because when you say Shema, you're being Moiser, Nefesh, Al Kiddush Hashem. One should imagine that if ever put to the ultimate test, one would give up their life, HaKadosh Hashem, and one should imagine such a thing. So Kriya Shema, the Kavana of Mesiras Nefesh, is the Mizbeach HaKetoyras. We're on the Mizbeach HaKetoyras, we don't offer a behema, we offer our Nefesh. And then there's this very thin partition separating us from the Kodesh HaKadoshim. It's almost like there's no hefsik at all between the Kodesh HaKadoshim. That's why we're Masmich Geula and we enter the holiest spot on earth until when we're standing, Shemana Esrei, we don't face the Kodesh HaKadoshim. We're standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. That is tefillah. It's a journey into the Mikdash. It's a progression into the Mikdash. Each perek of tefillah has to be studied and compared to the kli that represents it. And now do we understand why when Shemana Esrei is over, we offer the following tefillah. We say, Rebunisham, we've entered the Mikdash virtually. We've entered the Mikdash b'machshava. Yehi ratzayin melfanecha Hashem aleikeinu v'lekei avayseinu she'yibana beis ha-mikdash v'mherevim. Now we're ready for the real thing. That is the conclusion of the Shemana Esrei. And we back out and we decline. I'm done? Therefore, thank you. We conclude our journey through the Beis Hamikdash every day. We back out of the Beis Hamikdash through the Ezras Kohanim, the Ezras Yisrael, and finally the Ezras Nashem. Marv Raboisai, the Yomtif of Chanukah, the Tsar of Chanukah was precipitated because we were in Nisrashel Ba'avoida and the miracle of Chanukah. We enjoyed because the Kohanim and Klal Yisrael were Nisrazek Ba'avoida. We hope we're mispala on the zechus of us gathering together this morning to be neschazek ba'avoida. May Hakadosh Baruch Hu listen to the collective tefillah of Klal Yisrael. Yiratzayin mofanecha Hashem aleikenu v'lekei avaysenu sheyibane beis hamikdash b'mehera v'yamenu b'sein chalkenu b'sarasecha. Thank you so much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.